Okay, think about this for a minute. This sounds like a normal, very average Saturday night. Keith is at home with his little six-year-old son, Mason. Mom, for once in a lifetime, finally went to the movies with a friend. She gets a break. Dad's home with this kid. He's got this. It's fine. Right before bed, he's like, after all kinds of begging, he's like, okay, Mason, you can play a game on my phone. That's fine. Here, just stop nagging me. And he puts the little boy to bed, says goodnight, tucks him in. And all of a sudden, the ring doorbell starts going off over and over. And he's like, he, you can hear him on the ring doorbell video going, why are you bringing me food? <laughs> little Mason, little six-year-old Mason, wasn't playing a game. No. He had gotten into Keith's Grubhub app oh. and ordered $1,000 worth of shawarma and pizza <laughs> and chicken wings and ice cream and chili cheese fries. <laughs> cheese fries. And Mason... Is a generous tipper. He tips twenty five percent. All right, Mason. So all nice. of a sudden, a thousand dollars worth of food is coming to his house. They they ended up having to give a lot of it away to neighbors. And the only time he knew something was up is Chase uh, or um, the the bank. Chase flagged Happy Pizza. Because little Mason tried to get $439 worth of pepperoni pizza. So he goes and wakes up. His son's already awake. He's hearing the ring doorbell. And he's like, Mason, this is not cool, dude. What What have you you done? We don't have this money. And I'm not making this up. Mason put his hand up and goes, Dad. Did the pepperoni pizza get here yet? <laughs> and Keith was so mad he had right. to just walk out Stay of the room. Stay focused, Dad, on what's important here. <laughs> oh, wow. And Keith is like, I'm glad the whole USA is having a fun laugh at my expense, but it's still not very funny you to me yet. set up a yet. GoFundMe. And <laughs> Seriously. Right? Have help people help Poor him. guy. And the, kid, you... the kid is like, Dad, you got, wait, you got to check from the Chinese restaurant. They always send spring rolls and I wanted egg rolls. Just don't <laughs> let the guy leave until you check. <laughs> okay. The countdown has started to Valentine's Day. Coming up in just a minute. Are you ready for it yet? So the countdown has officially begun. Are you all ready for Valentine's Day? Maybe you still need to grab a card for your other half. Maybe some candy for your kid's party at school. Americans do not skimp when it comes to their Valentine's Day spending. Um, And guess who spends the most? What age bracket spends the most? Do you want to guess? 50 to 60 years old. I would have guessed that too, because you know they're they they're a little more established in their career. Right, no, they got it's the money to spend. <laughs> Thirty-five to forty-four year olds plan to spend the most, about three hundred and thirty-six dollars. The next biggest spenders are twenty-five to thirty-five, twenty-five to thirty-four year olds, who plan on spending about two hundred and thirty-eight bucks on Valentine's Day. Mm. And what are we spending the money on? Candy cards. Flowers, the classic, and an evening out. Now, my wife and I have been married for a few years now. I already got her her Valentine's present, and it wasn't any of those things. This was like over the top, romantic. Take notes, y'all. Hashtag. Pro, this is a romance pro tip. I'm so grossed out with the voice you're I using. I got her. <laughs> Shh, you're ruining it. Stop okay. It. What did you get your wife for I Valentine's got, Day? I got her. <laughs> A hex-clad Dutch oven. No! 
Dishes do not count as romance. It's not a Ew. dish. It's not a dish. Gross. Pots and pans. I got you pots and pans, babe. That's what she wanted. She said, I want that for Valentine. Uh, she said, this is what I want. Please don't don't get me flowers. Mm-hmm. Don't get me jewelry. Don't do no fancy dinners. That is what I want. Okay. So, yeah, I got it. I'm, and and are you thinking the, if you say it with that voice, it sounds more romantic? Oh, hey, I got you a Dutch oven. <laughs> Okay, since I've been ridiculed by my co-host for getting Tracy a hex-clad Dutch oven as a Valentine's present, what is something you've gotten for your sweetheart that no one else other than the two of you would think was romantic? Because Tracy's thrilled that I got her this thing. I'm telling you, she's happy. So what is something that you and your better half would get for each other that no one else in the world would think was romantic, but you guys do. Hey, Ed, so uh, Taylor's ridiculing me for getting Tracy a hex-clad Dutch oven for no, Valentine's that she asked for. the voice. That she the asked voice. for and thought it was super romantic. So what do you and your better half, uh, you guys think is romantic, but nobody else would? Just don't say it in the creepy voice. No, no please. Say oh, no, it in the, no, no. Say this, it in the creepy voice. This will be a great voice. All right. This will be great. So my, my wife, one year, asked for a Bissell Crosswave vacuum mop <laughs> and... An air fryer. <laughs> so those were her romantic gifts that she wanted to cook and clean with. Awesome. And I think you could say my wife wanted a set of wooden spoons, and it would sound it would sound romantic with your deep voice. My she own. wanted a set of wooden spoons. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Hey, Christine, it's Kevin and Taylor. So what's something you and your other half think is romantic that no one else would? Well, you're going to laugh, but we love to have a romantic dinner at home. And so I asked of my husband for Valentine's Day to give me a bright, red, shiny Dutch oven. There you go. It, it's the most romantic gift around nowadays. All the cool kids are doing it. I agree. I think I agree. So I think y'all are onto something. That's what we want. Something nice, red and shiny, and it, and that's what I got, a Dutch oven, and I'm really excited to have it. <laughs> right. So do you have people uh in your life that when they call, you let it go to voicemail. And then you have other people that call and you're like, they never call. They only call when something's up. And you go, I gotta get the I better get this. Yeah. That yeah. was me, uh that was me last night, and it was my dad. My dad never calls. It's funny because my dad's he's getting up there and he loves emojis. However, it's like he I don't think he has any idea what any of them mean or what they're for. Because yeah. he'll send like to my daughter April, Hey, this picture came up on my phone and really loved seeing you, and then it'll be like Heart exploding volcano, <laughs> high five. Oh, like his heart is exploding. No, it's just random. I'm gonna start using a donkey. That. It'll just be like all kinds of stuff, and you're like, "What does that mean?" And he's like, "It doesn't mean anything. I'm just." It's just cute. Yeah, it's just cute. So, uh, my, <laughs> my daughter loves getting those from him. But anyhow, he called, and I'm like, "Okay, something's up, Dad." He never calls. So I pick up and I'm like, "You don't know how to answer because you think it might be an emergency on the other end, right?" So, so do you go. Hello? Yeah, yeah. So like, I'm like... Anticipatory? Like, hey, Dad. <laughs> Is everything okay? Yeah, and he's like, hey, what are you guys doing? I went, well, literally, I'm eating a snack and watching TV. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> 
aren't you proud of me, Dad? This is what I do. <laughs> but the honest answer would have been, been, well, I'm hoping I'm not having a heart attack because you're actually calling and you only call when something's wrong. I thought someone surely was dead. <laughs> that would have been the honest answer. But he goes, no, we've got some friends coming to town and we knew you had used a travel agent before and we, we they're coming to town from England, friends of his that live in England, and they want to travel while they're here. So rather than try to put a whole itinerary together for him, I thought I'd talk to your travel agent and see what they could do. I was like, oh, you could have texted that. (laughs) (laughs) Ever feel like Valentine's Day can be a tough day for some people? Coming up, this effortless habit will relieve stress and help improve your heart health. Hey, this is your guaranteed to put you in a good mood story of the day. Ever feel like Valentine's Day can be a tough day for some people? After all, we all know someone who had their heart broken recently. In fact, I I mailed someone who's in that situation. I found a plant with heart-shaped leaves. Hmm. I thought that was really, really cool. Well, here's some good news. This effortless habit will relieve stress and improve your heart health. Gratitude. You know, because you can't control what happens to you, just how you react to it. They say gratitude offers a unique stress-buffering effect when it comes to dealing with psychological stress. So whether it's keeping a gratitude journal or just actively looking for things to thank God for, it's going to have a huge impact on your life and your health just by showing gratitude. Yeah, great idea. Okay, mom and dad, see if you feel like this. Every time you turn around... There's another reason for your kid to have a costume for school. (laughs) It it never stops. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. So as a mom or a dad, how do you feel about dress up days at school? Is it like, oh, this is so fun for my kid and yeah, we'll figure something out. Or is it like, (laughs) no, not another dress up day. No, no, here it is. No, you could have told me about this before 10 (laughs) p.m. Yeah, there's that too. And it's tomorrow. The other day I was talking to a friend of mine on the phone and she was running around like crazy and and her daughter walked in and she's like, hey, did you... Did you see, I, I I got your candy, I got that all, yeah, yeah, okay, thanks mommy, okay. Mm. And I'm like, what's going on? And she said, well, I had to go buy candy, unwrap the candy, and have empty wrappers, and then I had to go on Amazon and buy like a dollar sign chain, Yeah. and I put the hat back on backwards on my daughter, and then she had a blow up microphone, and she had to dress up as her favorite pun, so she pinned these candy wrappers all over her sweatshirt candy and she's got a chain. gold chain and her hat on backwards and her favorite pun is she dressed up as her favorite pun a candy wrapper <laughs> and then you see all the i see on social media all the kids that have to dress up like an old man or an old woman on mm-hmm. the 100th day of school there's just like oh then oh don't forget there's the day where you dress up as your favorite book character mm-hmm. then there's trick-or-treat so I would love to know, as a parent, do you feel like there's a lot and it's a lot on your shoulders? Or are you like, no, it's so much fun, Taylor. I love having to come up with another outfit for my kid. <laughs> Especially when it's something as abstract as a pun. Yeah, like, dress up as your favorite couldn't pun. Couldn't it just be your favorite president? <laughs> <laughs> so we'd love for you to weigh in on this dress up day at school topic. Arlette, as a mom, how do you feel about dress-up days, spirit week, the 100th day of school? Is it, like, fun for you and your kids, or is it, oh, no, i got to come up with another costume? Well, it all depends. For me, it all depends. I try to keep up with their newsletters and 
It depends on how my child feels about it. Like for me, my son, he dressed up for the 100 day of school and he won first place. Oh, for that's his awesome. Whole what, what did he wear? So, what did yeah. he wear? What did he wear? He wore like, I got the whole outfit off of Amazon. And so I made him wear the beard. <laughs> I made him wear the, the slacks and the um, <laughs> shoes, everything. That just, he looked so amazing. Like he won first place and he was so excited. So the older they get, it just depends on how, what they're into. Yeah. And they mm. had a theme, like they had them, you know, dress up what you want to be when you grow up. So if you want to be a software engineer, my kids, of course, you know, they're at that age, you want to be game designers. So uh, I'm like, yeah. well, Google CEOs dress up in uh, uh, just jeans and a shirt. So yeah. that's what you're going to wear. Right. <laughs> I, love, I love that you're like, I made him wear the beard. I made him wear this. Um, our, our friend Donna just texted us, Kev. Mm-hmm. And he's, she said her little boy, Ozzy, does not like dress up day because he's like, Mom, it's so much to deal with when I have to go potty. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. True. (laughs) If you were going to take advice from someone, you really needed input. Who would that person be? For for me, it's got to be my wife. I always, always she's my sounding board for most of my ideas that she goes, that's interesting, honey. <laughs> <laughs> well, it turns out people are 50% more likely to listen the, to the advice of friends and family over an expert in the field. Hmm. It's a concept called social proof. We instinctively trust family or friends and believe that they have our best interests at heart. Plus, if we follow the advice of our social circle, we may feel more reassured and supported in hmm. that decision. It's prevalent now more than ever, thanks to social media. We also like a simpler opinion more than a complex one. And what's really ironic, 40% of people say they later wish they had sought out expert (laughs) advice before they made their decision. Well, I I mean, I would venture to say you're going to Glenn, right? If you need advice on something, he's going to be your go-to. Yeah, I think the challenge is when you really need expert advice... It's good to get an expert, and they really they refer to ironically my husband's field, the financial uh, financial yeah. planners. Huh. Like people just rather like no, no. Everybody well, said this is hot right now. You need to invest in this. And and to your point too, if if I need specific advice, like for instance, uh, cycling. If if I wanted advice, should I buy a new bike? I would ask my friend Ira, who owns a bike shop. I would not ask Tracy. Right. You go for the advice where you're going to get the answer you want. Ira's joke about bikes is somebody will come in with like a flat tire. Hey, can I get this tire fixed? He'll go, well, what you really need is a new bike. <laughs> hey, if you feel like parenting is different and harder than it used to be, coming up, it's not your imagination. Okay, so if you feel like parenting is different and harder than it used to be. Yes. It's definitely not your imagination. There's this brand new, huge new Pew Research Center survey that showed eight in 10 parents say parenting is enjoyable and rewarding most of the time. <laughs> it's just way harder than they thought it would be. <laughs> Today's parents spend more time and money on their kids than any generation, and they feel more pressure to be hands on. Even working moms spend as much time with their kids as stay-at-home moms did in the 70s. Parents also said they feel more judged for their parenting decisions than ever. And finally, today's parents feel intense pressure to constantly teach and interact with their children. Hmm. And that means more emotional engagement. 75% of parents are worried about kids who struggle with anxiety, depression, or face bullying. Now, this was like a huge 
study, and I'm trying to condense it for you for our show, but what they said was like parents back in the 80s, their big worry was safety. Like, don't you dare snatch my kids. No one can snatch my kids. But now today's parents' worry is mental health. Hmm. Is my kids struggling with anxiety, depression, or are they getting bullied? Well, and not just that, but we, our parents worried about physically taking a kid, right? Now through social media, mentally, spiritually, all those other ways, mm-hmm. someone can literally snatch your kid. So it's, yeah, it's a whole different world nowadays. We should talk about that. Give us a call. Are you feeling the pressure of all that? So do you feel like this, uh, most people in this Pew Research, where their moms and dads say, oh, I, it's so rewarding. I love being a parent, but it's way harder than I ever thought it would mm. be. Is that how you're feeling? We'd love to hear from you. Hey, it's Kevin and Taylor, and we're talking about parenting and just how hard it can be nowadays. I have two daughters. They're they're young. They're not quite in like that Facebook, Instagram, social media age yet. But I just wanted to sort of ask a question to you guys, and I don't know if other parents are feeling the same way, but, you know, as parents, we pour into our kids as much as we have in our cups. And I'm just wondering if one of the reasons why, as parents, we're feeling more pressure these days is because we actually, as parents, are engulfed in social media ourselves and not we don't have as much to give to our own children as as much as, say, you know, ages in the past that mm. they didn't have that distraction as, wow. as parents. Mm. And so uh, I just want to throw that out there for the listeners and for you guys to consider. Is it really is it really the kids and the environment that we're going through or is it actually the supply as parents that we're ever pulling from huh, I, th- I think maybe it brings up an interesting point that might be that might be part of it but the thing that i see taylor maybe you have seen this too with like how your parents were with you and how you see parents nowadays like my my dad like he did not come to if i had a game at three o'clock in the afternoon dad was not going to be there because he was mm-hmm. working and yeah. nowadays if you want to be a good dad you tell work like i got to go to my kid's mm-hmm. game Right? Yeah, my and, parents never saw me as a cheerleader. Right, there was never... But there, I was very loved. They never felt that pressure. They were doing adult mom and dad things. You mm-hmm. know, like providing food, clothing, shelter, and a loving home. And that required them to not run around like a maniac to be at my 7,000th baseball game. Yeah, this and, it's so true. This, this Pew Research said today's parents spend more time and more money... On their kids than any generation. Right. And that's the other thing I wanted to hit on, too, when you said money. Use the baseball analogy again. When I was a kid playing Little League, I had cleats that we got at, remember Kmart? <laughs> they were like five or ten bucks. We did, I didn't have the same cleats that my favorite Major League Baseball player wore, and they were $300. Right. And I didn't have, I remember when my son started playing baseball, and the coach is like, well, you got to get him his own bat. And I said, you don't have a bag of bats like we had when we were kids? He goes, well, we do, but you don't want your kid using those bats. You got to get them a real. So we went and looked at bats. They're hundreds of dollars. Mm -hmm. I remember I was was, uh, grown up. I was married when I got my first new bike because I always got the hand-me-downs. It is hard. So like with that scenario, mom, dad, do you feel that? Do you feel that pressure? And you're just like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea it was going to be this hard. Hey, Claire, it's Kevin and Taylor. So they're saying that parents, they love being a mom and dad. It's super rewarding, but they say it's way harder than they ever expected. Do you feel that? Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, back then we used to say that it takes a village. And today it's a lot different, you know, because it's just a scarier time. And 
outside of the church group, you know, some of us are really blessed to be able to have people at the church, you know, and some coaches and, and neighbors and things like that. But the majority, we just don't have that anymore, you know? Um, so I think that also has to do with the stress. Hmm. Uh, everything falls back on the parents. It's like, you know, it's, we don't have a village anymore. Unfortunately, hmm. we really just wow. have to put our trust in God and, and, um, you know, turn to him. She did hit on something there. And we went through that Taylor with them um, because we moved far away from our hometown and we didn't have grandparents to watch the kids. We didn't have aunts and uncles. We could, you know, go out on a date night and drop yeah. them off. It was it was me and Tracy and the four kids, and, and that was it. So I hear you. It can be hard. So I don't take it for granted, and I fully recognize I am spoiled when it comes to my wife and what she makes for dinner like three, four nights a week. And last night was so over the top. And when I asked her, where did you come up for the idea with this? She goes, oh, I just looked at what we had in the fridge and Googled recipes for scallops and sweet potato. Wow. And here's what she That's came so up cool. with. Seared scallops over roasted sweet potato puree with pickled mustard seeds. And I said, we had pickled mustard seeds? She goes, no, I made them. We had oh, mustard wow. I don't know how one pickles a mustard seed, but she did vinegar. it. Yeah. But she did it. And wow. it was so good. Oh, my gosh. It was so good. I couldn't believe it. I was like, who does this? Who eats like this three or four nights a week? And she looked at me and she went... You do, you lucky man. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I posted it on the Kevin and Taylor socials, and the the lady was like, do you think your wife could maybe start a subscription service (laughs) where where her meals are delivered to my house? Because I want to eat that, but I don't know how (laughs) to make it. Oh, I can't wait to check in with our producer, Griffin. He's got a wife and a seven-year-old and a five-year-old. And they had something happen to them as a family. It's one of those things where you're like, oh, that'll never happen to me. And it did. Ooh. All right. We'll find out what that is next. Griff's uh, joining us in the studio right now. So, Griff, you were out with the family the other day and something happened to you guys that you thought, ah, oh, that'll never happen to us. Well, yeah, you at least hope it never happens, especially with the kids in the car. Uh, we got into a car accident. <gasps> oh, no. no. Yeah. Oh, someone my goodness. hit us. Thankfully, it wasn't my fault. I was driving. Um, but someone bumped into us and, uh, you know, we do the whole thing. You pull over. Mm-hmm. to the side and figure out what's going on and there's pretty, pretty big scrape on the side of our van oh, no. and uh, of course my reaction is you know all the words are going through my head and i'm just like <laughs> ah so frustrated and you're just thinking what does this mean right like the, the repairs whole the insurance of, yeah. the, what you're going to be late for yeah. right that you're well, headed to when the, rep- the repair though good thing there's no supply chain issues <laughs> and you're, uh, not gonna, yeah. you're not gonna have to wait for parts right <laughs> <laughs> and uh my wife gets out of the car to go check on the other person and it was a teenager they were pretty shook up they were basically in tears and i probably wasn't as christ-like as i should have been honestly (laughs) i I didn't say anything to the person but i just kind of kept to myself very Uh much so and was like just letting the anger boil inside of me about this whole thing and let me guess because i know her so well your wife was being super caring oh yeah she was going over there like it's okay no one's hurt it looks like it's just a small dent which it was it was just a small dent no big deal everything's gonna be okay we're gonna get this worked out go sarah and i'm just like "Ah." and then once i saw the tears from the teenager uh, i i did feel pretty bad and i realized oh this isn't that bad yeah the kids are just i don't even think they know what knew what happened oh really they're just like what was that why are we pulling over what's going on Uh, 
Oh, wow. And it turns out we didn't have to call the police. Their insurance is just going to take care of it. So oh, good. it was pretty minor. But yeah, the Phew. whole, those emotions, man. Oh, oh yeah. 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 It's yeah. a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. So. Oh, man. Griff was a silent, raging inferno. <laughs> I was, I was. It took me a second to calm down. But. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, Sarah's more worried about the other kid. Oh, yeah, she was. She's probably offering to like pay for her damage, even though she hit you, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I think parents nowadays, uh, we've got it harder than generations before us because we're the first parents that have had to deal with social media, right? And it has become such a huge part of all of our lives, including our kids. So how old do you think is old enough for a kid to start having social media accounts? Well, they've put a new number on it. Mm. We'll tell you what that number is next. I've often described parenting nowadays as kind of like the Wild West. We are boldly going into territory that has never been gone into before because of social media. It's like we're we're the first parents that have had to deal with this. And um, my kids were the literally the first ones that had the pressure to have the uh, a device in their hands at all times because school was really big on the connected classroom. Your child has got to have a phone or an iPad or something or they're going to fall desperately behind. And I think it's funny now, a few years later, those same schools are like, we do not want any phones or iPads in the classroom. It's too distracting, right? Um, so they're trying to reel it all back in. And, and they, like I said, we're, we're making this up as we go along. But here's the number that they're saying is too young now for kids to have uh, social media accounts. And if you've already giving your kids social media and they're younger than this, don't worry. I mean, you're, it's not like you've ruined your kids' lives or anything, but maybe you can rein it in a little bit. They're saying 13 is the age that kids should even be considered to have a social media account. And, and at that age, it should be with a lot of adult supervision guidelines and rules. Yeah. Um, the only problem young. with wow. the supervision guidelines and rules, your kids are way smarter than you'll ever be. Yeah. With social media, way smarter. Um, all these social media platforms, they have staffs of the smartest people when it comes to gadgets and gizmos and apps. They've got the smartest people in the world working on them. We're, you know, like Insta and Twitter and Snapchat and all these things. They've got the smartest brains in the world with one job. How can we get people to stay on this app longer? Like your kid is up against. A staff of a thousand people. It's an incredibly unfair fight for an underdeveloped brain to engage with that and go, yes, I can make good rational decisions. Oh, look, a puppy video. Right? You just they're incapable of doing it. So that's the that's the age they're saying before you should even consider it. I'm saying that's for me, I think it's too young, but what about you? Where do you come down on this whole social media thing? Would love to hear from you. Hey, Aaron, it's Kevin and Taylor. So your mom and dad had a pretty cool way to handle social media in your family? Yeah, so um, I only had a phone in high school for emergencies when I went off on, like, um, sports games and stuff like that. And then I it was a track phone, so they bought the minutes for that. But if I went over that, then I was out, and then I'd have to use somebody else's phone. And then I once I had a job, I could pay for that. Well, with social media, I think I was, like, a freshman or sophomore in high school, and I had to earn it with, like, my grades and stuff. And I had to prove to my parents that I could be responsible 
in order to get social media. Ooh, hmm. how did that work out? Did you feel like you spent less time on it than all your friends, or how, what was the difference? I think so because I had like I had to show them that I could be responsible, like time management with like school and everything. So I think it helped at least a little bit. Yeah, then. yeah. Now it <laughs> sounds like now, but... sounds like your parents did a great job, and you were you were pretty respectful of their boundaries and rules. Did did you have friends that were experts at circumventing their parents' rules and parameters? Yes, definitely. Mm. <laughs> they would have their own way. Like, yeah, like I heard earlier, they had a second phone. They would just kind of go, I'm going to, hey, I'm going to go call my friend outside or something like that. So I yeah, know someone, I the ex-husband who hadn't been involved in this girl's life for years and years, sent her a burner phone. No kidding. And taught her to hide it from her parents. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, this whole social media thing with your kids, A, it is ridiculously hard, and B, it's way too important for you to just throw in the towel and go, oh, well, it's too much. you got to stay in there with your kids, and I hope that we can encourage you to do that every day on our show.